Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Welcome to Impact the World. My guest today is someone incredibly close to me, but also incredibly close to this show. My guest is Devor Bozik, who I have been working alongside for eight years. Devor creates the sound healing soundtracks for all of my recordings, and he and I also collaborate on the music and the songs that we produce. Fun fact, Devor also audio edits these shows for us. So it was wonderful to get to have him on this episode. We did it at this time because we're commemorating the release of our music album called Awaken, which just came out. And you can learn more about that at awakenalbum.com. We'll put links underneath the episode. But I thought it would be great to get to know more about Devor's history and for you to hear about the career he has had and also how he creates his sound healing frequencies so specifically for the work that he is producing in our field now and with me. So enjoy learning more about Devor. And as ever, if you like this show, the best way you can support it is to go to Apple Podcasts and to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank Hello. You so much. This is perfect. This is perfect. It is. So, it's been what? A few hours since we were on Marco Polo? It's been a few hours since we were talking, yeah. So um for anyone who is um for anyone who is new to the show or is not familiar with Devore, whether you're watching or listening, welcome. This is going to be just a delightful interview for me to do because Devore is not only a dear dear friend. But for the past eight years, since when we met, Devor and I have worked so closely alongside each other with all of the audio work that we do. Devor has been at live events, bringing sound healing for the channel messages. And Devor and I also create music together. So um, we, we're recording this a little ahead of time, but you'll be seeing and hearing this interview three days after the release of our new album, Awaken. So it's, yes. it's really lovely to have you on this side of the camera. And I should also say to anyone who's enjoyed the podcast all year, Devor does all of our audio engineering. So with every interview that we have recorded, whether in studio or on Zoom, Devor has processed and cleaned up the sound. Oh, uh, yes, I did. <laughs> you are a sound master. And that's something that... I have really loved witnessing and, and in a minute, I'm going to ask you some questions about your life, your work, your, your career, but maybe I'll start by sharing how we met and, and how that all happened. If that's good. With sure. You. Yeah. <laughs> so we were both uh, hired to, to be at a conference, a, a channeling conference back in 2012. Mm. And um, it was in Vienna. It was for a group called the Crimson Circle and it was, it was lovely because I got to meet Devor on stage. As I was in the wings about to go on and, and channel, um, the organizer said to me, uh, we have this guy, Devor, and he's doing like percussion and background sound. 
would you like him to do something for any part of your talk? You can or you don't have to, it's up to you. And I just saw him and smiled at him and I said, yeah, that would be great. I said, I'm going to channel for probably 20 minutes after I've done a talk. It would be great if you want to do something then. So he went, okay, great. So that was it. Like we met on stage and that recording exists. It's called Opening Beyond Fear. And the, the most important aspect of this is I went back to the hotel room that night. And at the time, I had just released an album a year before and I knew I wanted to make another music album. And I got this message, as I sometimes do, and it said, you can, I was thinking about Devor, and it said, you can make an album with this man. And I was like, huh? And I was like, well, I've, you know, I've seen him do chimes and drums and things on the stage, but I didn't know you were a musician. And I, in my world, I thought you were, you know, a percussionist, or, but it was so strong. And, you know, we're at a channeling conference, the energy is heightened. I'm, I know to pay attention to those intuitive messages. So I thought, what's the worst that can happen? So the next day I saw you and I said to you, um, I, this might seem odd, but I had this feeling about you yesterday that I could make an album with you. And then you said a very similar thing to me. And I think I should clarify. I said, oh, how long have you been doing percussion? And you were like, I'm not a percussionist. I don't do percussion. He said, but they asked me to do it. So I knew nothing about your musical history or any of that work. And I think you said you had a similar experience when we met from your side, right? Actually, um, you tell the story just a little bit off because I never told you that. I just remember now that it was me asking the organizer to ask you. Oh, oh. <laughs> I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, it was brave move because I wanted to be a part of that because I have just bought um, maybe a month or two or, or some ago um, before that event, like uh, lots of the channels from your library. And I also saw you were singing and everything. And I had in my heart uh, a wish and a feeling that that uh, since I have done so much in Slovenia, that I wanted to expand. And I really love your energy, your voice, your, you know, the, the together picture. So, yeah, there, there was a part of me also before that, that, that had uh, like a feeling that maybe if we met, um, we could actually start creating something together so in a way um yeah i was i was very brave <laughs> and i don't regret it <laughs> well it's funny because i did not know you'd heard any of my work until we'd been working together for maybe four months on our first mm -hmm. music album and then you said something to me about oh well i have all your recordings and i was mm -hmm. like what and so that was kind of funny but well yeah. let's Let's talk about you and your work, because when I first met you, I didn't really understand the scope of, of all that you had done in Slovenia. And you, you had a pretty extraordinary creative career from an unusually young age. Mm -hmm. So do you want to just fill us in a little bit on how sure, you first yeah. got into music and, and what it looked like for you? Like, uh, my grandfather was, um, was running like... Um, he was the president of a choir, which they toured a lot in Slovenia. They were very, um, like they had rehearsals every, I don't know, two days or something like that. So I would go with him. So being in the middle of a choir, in the middle of all these voices, 
was kind of a standard for me. And um, since he was uh, a kind of important person in the cultural environment of that time, we also had, uh, we, we could go to Opera House and we always had this lodge uh, that, you know, so I would go and see all the operas with him almost uh, like every week. So I was kind of brought up with music. My grandmother, like his wife, he used to play uh, jazz piano since she was like, I don't know, almost like a teenager. Uh, so, so it was like, uh, in a way, I was brought up with music. So it, it was near to me. Um, but I never wanted to like, I was very good. I, I was very bad at going to like music school. I never practiced or rehearsed. So they would like write all this, you know, practice more and everything. So I wasn't like a very... Um, study person in that account but i uh because my grandmother had a piano but i always just went there and just played and i could like hear something on a radio and i could play it so music was kind of in me it it was just not in me so i would become like a good instrumentalist in a way so to practice and everything i was like from the early age very creative and i would sing the songs that i that I've heard on radio just for myself. I would, um, I basically went every day after school to my grandfather and grandmother for lunch and I would do my homework there and I would play that piano and sing and play out. So I was a little, uh, I mean, I was a lot with them. So that, that was kind of my room with that piano. And then uh, when I was 11 years old, um, I joined the band that was already kind of established from a, a, a skiing club that we were all training and they needed like a keyboardist. And I said, oh, I play piano. And then we did a song, a cover song for like one event. But then I wrote a song and we went to the studio because I know uh, the guy was a, a good friend with my mom's. And we just went to that studio and said, can you please let us in? And we would just like want to record that song that I wrote. And we did. And then we sent it to Radio Slovenia. At the time, they would say, this is a good song. It'll go into like a real production or not. And our song got accepted and it became like number one hit. We were 11 years old, like magically it happened because... That studio, just that day that we went to record the real version of the song, got the first, um, this electric drums and one mm. synthesizer that, that became very popular within the 80s music of, you know, of Europe. And we were the first one to have this sound in Slovenia and it was very different than everything before and probably also that sound and us being like, you know, kids and everything, it, it draw uh, attention, you know. And I was quite cute looking at the time, you know. <laughs> so looking now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this like the whole thing together, um, you know, put us on a map. And then uh, we would like create song each year. And we would go to festivals and we got awards for like most... Um, um, what's the word, promising band or promising author. And I was writing all the songs and arranging. It was just natural to me. And then I split the group um, and did my solo album when I was 15. 
and was really a huge star, like huge, huge pop teen star in Slovenia. I was also in the kind of musical movie that was very big. So like since I was 17, I actually experienced um, a lot. Also yeah. the nice parts and also the not so pleasant parts of, of teen fame. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that. Yeah. We've talked a lot about that period of your life. And, you know, you're, you to me are someone who has lots of brilliant key lessons around or te- things that you, you know, you've given me certain pieces of advice. I've seen you give it to other people because mm-hmm. you experienced that dysmorphia that yeah. can happen with fame, for example, yeah. and, and projection. And But yeah. how was that for you? Because you're so, you know, in your teenage years, you're so, we're so unformed. We're still figuring mm-hmm. out who we are. And what was that like kind of going through the public glare, especially as probably other people assume that you're having the best life? Because I think that's what we were all trained to think when we were younger about fame the, and success. The fame and success when it comes in, to me, it was magic. Like I was looking around who is recognizing me. So, you know, all of this brought a lot of um, excitement in my life. Um, but in Slovenia, maybe I was the first one that experienced fame because here um, artists or stars are more known than they're known, respected. Um, we, we didn't have that kind of like American or England type of fame when people scream and yell, kind of Beatles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was more, oh, this is, you know, this is the guy that sings in that band and they would like watch you on an in like uh, autograph or some, uh, but it was never, never happened like this. But since I was like in my, it didn't happen when I was 11, but when I started to be like 13, 14, 15, then this kind of came in very unexpectedly. So, like, they would, we didn't even have like um, the defense or anything. I would just like go on the stage because right. we didn't expect it, you know, like, uh, and then like the whole, I don't know, like thousand or whatever people would just like run on the stage i was like suffocating underneath so we were totally unprepared for this so i like canceled the tour and everything at the time i just wasn't prepared for these things you know nobody were so it was also like a very scary experience um on that level but on a personal level for me it was uh, because um like girls would fall in love with me and do you mean I the started, idea? Do you mean the idea of you, like because? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. I would get letters and and everything. Um, so it wasn't just like they they wanted my music. That they actually like they were falling in love. Um, like like you know I don't know Justin Bieber or whoever mm-hmm. would experience or. Um, uh, so, yeah, and that was hard because I didn't know who loves me or who loves or adores the idea of me. And I am basically a very sensitive person in ways of love, like love and relationships. And that meant a lot to me naturally all my life. So like I never uh, had sex just around or like this was just not close to me. I could do it, but it never felt 
was I was connected. afraid of these things. Um, right. I like there was a period of in my life when I when I wish I could do it because like everybody is just like, but why can't I? So like in the midst of all this big fame throughout my life, even later on when I was on TV, we'll come to that. Like I could be out of relationship for a year or, or so and would not go and have sex just for, so I felt a lot of times lonely because that relationship and love meant a lot to me naturally somehow. And I had these big fights inside. Why am I not like, you know, other normal people who can just, you know, enjoy all of this? And I wasn't like tied up or anything like that. It's just like for me, these things were connected to love Mm -hmm. and I couldn't disconnect it. So that is why probably for me, this was a big, bigger problem than I thought because I I wouldn't know. Um, And... Yeah, and I entered into relationships that that actually turned out that they weren't love from the other side. Um, but yeah, I mean, we go through these things. And, yeah. um, but I'm cool now, so <laughs> it's not yeah. a sad story, like, no. you know, like um, all over the place. Well, there's a chapter... There's a chapter of your story that I think is very interesting, and it's that at the at the kind of height of your, if you like, pop success in Slovenia mm-hmm. and Yugoslavia at the time, you came to Berklee College of Music in mm-hmm. the US, yeah. um, which I which I know was tricky for you. Like it wasn't an easy chapter, but what what made you what made you think, okay, I'm going to go and study music. I'm going to go to a completely different country and do it. Because I've like it's so hard to achieve everything that you can achieve by the year of your 17 years old. Mm. Um, later on, when I watched the musical Evita, mm-hmm. there was one line in one song, I think it was like High Flying Adored, so young, distant queen, I could so relate, I was crying because I, and there's like a line, where can you go from here? Like you, you've achieved everything that you can, where can you go from here? And this is like really, that's a really hard point in life. I mean, I could go to US, so I had a way out, you know, that was like a, a vision that I had like a bigger world waiting for me. And I truly hoped that I could like hit like a, a, a world stage career or something that was my hope and almost like an obsession because i think i wanted to prove this to myself also um and this carried me years and years and years it was like my big frustration why can i not uh, you know play on on bigger stage than slovenia now i do so i'm happy yes. <laughs> you know what i mean but there was like this, this was staring me apart a lot of times because I thought and I knew I had the talent. I just couldn't find the chance. So U.S. was a kind of escape from Slovenia and also was a chance for me to learn music more and deeper. I had a, a chance at the time to sign for Ariola Records in Germany um, for an album um, or go to learn music and I chose that I regretted it from time to time when I had this oh if I did that I would 
have my world fame or something maybe i wouldn't but you know what i mean yeah but uh, like honestly i don't regret that choice because i thought at the time i still have my whole life in front of me to do a career let's go and learn music um and that was beautiful like it was hard coming from like a communist state it was like yugoslavia just broke out like it was slovenia was just out of the war with the yugoslav army um so we were the first one to split out and we got out pretty good we had like a two-week war there were some casualties but the, the yugoslav army at the time obviously had other appetites so they didn't want to they didn't want to lose too many resources and people when they saw Slovenia is not going to be that easy because we were I mean not we I, I was the kid but you know what I mean like yeah. we were very very prepared so they obviously saw that it's not going to be as easy as they thought so they moved out and then hit Croatia and uh, and Bosnia and this was the time when I left so it was very sad time um, we were viewed as uh, communists you know <laughs> um, um, but I learned a lot about music. It was a different world. I learned different types of relationships because America does have a different vibe than Europe. It does, yeah. Um, some ways are better, some are, aren't better, but it's different. It, you can open up. You can open up in U.S. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I created some good friends and everything. Um, I tried to pursue my career, but it didn't go because at the time, um, I think the law was passed and in US an artist can work only if it's his or she's already world famous. So I was in a loop, you know, I couldn't get a contract um, because they said, you have to first make a career and then we can sign you. But I said, but if you don't sign me, I cannot make that career. So it was a loop. And from Slovenia, I got calls, please come back. Uh, we want you to be on a television show and we want you back. So like after two years of additional struggling with trying to make it happen, I decided it's enough because I was struggling with money, with everything. Uh, so I said, okay, let's go back. And then I went back to TV Slovenia and we created a TV show for... Uh, children and families and I worked that show for 17 years it was really successful we've done musicals uh, alongside children's musicals adult musicals I wrote music some pop music for myself also and then I started to write for others so my career kind of widened I started to dance also and so yeah everything was again driving very well and then I and then I, again, it happened. I did the musical in our national theater about uh, Caesar Nero's life and some other stuff. And again, it had like I could see nowhere else that I could go within Slovenia because now, like on another level, I hit the hit the top again. And that was a period, maybe a few years later than we met. And that mm -hmm. is why. Like, um, in a way, I also saw our collaboration also as a window for my talent being, um, having a chance to go wider. 
and I'm really thankful for that, um, for that opportunity. And I know you are too. We're great. The other day, it's like yeah. we have our friendship and then we have the working relationship. Mm -hmm. And the way I describe the working relationship is it really is like two jigsaw pieces. It's mm -hmm. like we each had the elements that the other one, it's like when we combined, it was like, ah, oh, mm. now, you know, because the things I'm missing, you're so good at and vice versa. And mm. it, yeah, it's lovely. So it's cool. just one more talk, thing. Yeah, go yeah ahead. sorry. No, just one more thing. If I don't forget, when I was in US, um, I was reading Pythagoras about the, he was calling it music of the spheres. So kind of the sound of the universe. And I was obsessed with that. And I was reading his works and all the Pythagoreans. And there was Kepler writing about this. And, and uh, um, I was obsessed with that. And funny, actually, now we do create this. We have this in our music. I brought in all these frequencies. I've calculated them now. I've recorded all the gongs, the tuning forks. I've tuned my instruments to that frequencies and sample them. So basically like my dream from 17, 18 years old, when I said to myself, I'm gonna create this music that Pythagoras was writing about is now coming through through our work. Uh, it's not like forced out there, but it's underneath all our channels. Our music is based on this frequency. So, we we are based around that and then that means a lot to me that 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 i have a music partner that appreciates this and 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 supports this you know because well it's funny that's yeah that is how you and i roll that's what i was about yeah. to ask you i was about <laughs> to ask you to share a little bit about the formulas so perhaps one one context i can give it is when um so i had a book which came out in 2019 it was called energy speaks and it's channeled material and i'm very grateful that my publisher new world library allowed us to keep the audio rights mm. because i knew i wanted you to i didn't want to just do a standard audio book that's just talking i said no devore has been scoring <laughs> for the z's for years and i think he'll do something really special so we actually produced it ourselves, and you spent mm. hundreds of hours on that 10 hour audio book. But I was showing someone the photos you had sent me of your charts, mm -hmm. the frequencies of planets that you had mm -hmm. done all these measurements of, and you write it all out, and then you encode it into the, the way that you tune everything. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, because yeah. their mind was blown. They, they'd been listening to the audiobook and they were like, God, it really feels transcendent. And I was like, well, mm. not just the words and the channel, this mm. is what Devore did. And they were like, oh, that makes so much sense. And of course, you do that in, in all of the sound work that we do. Yeah. Some not, some, some are, have more music, but it's still tuned to one of those frequencies. But, sorry, some are really basically no music as a music but still instruments play these frequencies and and the ratios between that that tones it's really amazing it's it's not like a third or a fifth or you know like those intervals in music the typical ones but they it works so well together somehow you know it it expands and i think this is a way out of this traditional um logic of the music that we have just uh, not so much our ears but our body 
doesn't even need to adjust to it because it's natural. I guess it just goes with it. So, um, yeah, I have it here again. Because <laughs> yeah, I going to ask me. So this is my cheat sheet, you know, when I work. I don't know them all by heart. But it's, uh, for instance, it's all like, it's all the planets. It's all the all the body parts that also have their own frequencies, all the minerals, the energy, the, the, the elements, the glands, the, you know, the bones, the DNA, brain, everything. You know, like I, I asked a friend that does uh, like sound healing here. He came up one day for a whole day to my studio and we recorded every tuning fork. And then I tune my instruments to to it and I calculated the specific frequencies. So um, that's very special to me, you know. And and uh, energy speaks is full of that. It's just it's just that whatever the topic was, I would choose. Okay, this is this. Let's say it, it goes with like for instance, if it was speaking of love, I would say okay, let's do um, the the base uh, frequency of Venus. And then let's support heart, the lungs, all of these things. So, you know, um, so this became the sound that supports and tunes your body while your mind is listening to the message. Your body gets tuned to to the natural frequencies of that. And this is, uh, yeah, this is where our music goes also, not, not the album songs, even though they are tuned, but, you know, still have to sing. Yeah. So we just tune them and then make like the normal, you know, musical scale within it. But the channels that we do, yeah, they're full of this. And so there's a message and there's also tuning of your whole system, the chakras, the, the body parts to the topic that it's speaking about or, or, or transformation frequency within the Pythagorean scale and stuff like that. So I've learned and, you know, I think I mastered this, not just theoretically, but how it works as a sound within the music. And yeah, I'm proud of that. It's great. <laughs> it should be. And you know what I love? It's interesting, isn't it? We're talking about your life journey and a couple of things that you said. You spoke about earlier times in your life where there were these desires for things that you couldn't quite manifest or that were a bit yeah. out of reach. And and to me, having heard, whether it's working with one-on-one -on -one clients or, or people in workshop rooms or just my own observations of paying attention to people's stories, your story is so common in that we often know at a young age what we're here to do, but it's not often that we can make it happen instantly. And there comes mm. this point in your life where you look back and it's not to dismiss what has gone before because what, what, what was going on before was perfect and was the pinnacle moment mm. at the time. But you can suddenly see all the seeds of what led you to this now moment. And it's interesting knowing you the way I know you, knowing the work that we do together, but also just knowing how much you've done in the past. I look at what you're doing now and the work that we do together. And it's amazing that it's on the back of everything you learned, every stage. Yeah. Like to me, it looks like you're, you're at a point where you're really fully using Yes. your skills it's like you're at a pinnacle moment and so of course there'll be another one in the future and, and there'll be another yeah. unfolding but it feels like there's like a there's like a feeling of arrival right now when i when i hear you speak and when i 
when I, you know, and, and I can, I feel that myself with the work that we do, mm-hmm. but I, but I just looking at you and hearing your life story, it kind of, it kind of makes so much sense that this is an arrival period for you. Yeah. And the funny thing is like the way I almost like hysterically wanted my life to be in some periods of my life, especially when I was in my twenties, um, what I needed to happen for me, I never got. But what I got now is hundred times more appropriate for me, better for me, and more synchronized with me than if that happened. <laughs> so you know that's I that's what I think a lot of people, including me when we're in that stage, when we're not there, where we believe or feel we should be or can be or will be, the idea of it is so different than the reality when it happens because you are building, I mean, you feel you should be somewhere, but then you fill this gap with an idea that it's not even yours. You copy either Michael Jackson or I I need to be Michael Jackson or I need to be like this. And it didn't happen. And if it did, would I be happy as I am now that I can work with all these frequencies and within the, within the almost, let's say, universal cosmic uh, plane? No. Mm-hmm. Is this me? Oh, yes. You know, and um, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it's hard if somebody tells you, no, you're going to make it or but it'll be different. You go, no, no, no. Will this happen? I was just listening our interview or our talk with disease when we were just starting, you know, and I was listening to my questions. And I was like, oh my God, were you so obsessed with these things? And like wanted to get an answer that never came. But like, of course, the answer didn't came because it, this wasn't waiting for me, but this is this was waiting for me, and I'm really happy where I am, and I'm glad um, I went on this path with a trust that now I see we're starting to build and sync the world and us is starting to synchronize now, and I think for you it's probably very similar. Yeah. I mean, at least with the music part. Totally. And, and, yeah. and to, give, to give context for you, you know, what you just said. So Devor and I created an album in 2013, which was released in 2014, and it was called Arise. And, um, and it's a very ambitious record. And I think it's really <laughs> successful in places. And I think in other places, it, we both agree it was less successful. Yeah. Um, in terms of this, the, I'm not talking about commercial performance, mm-hmm. I'm talking about how we feel as the creators. Mm-hmm. I think there are some great tracks on there and some great moments. And mm-hmm. and we both kind of agreed, you, you know, a couple of years later that it was like, we were trying to do too many things at once mm-hmm. and we were trying to serve too many masters at once. Mm-hmm. It was kind mm-hmm. of, we both said it was like, it was like a, a kind of um, music industry we were processing yeah. a music industry wound, both of us yeah. as well, and kind of getting it out of our system. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we'd have ever got to where we are now if we hadn't gone through that and done that. And I think that's the beauty of what you're mm-hmm. sharing, really. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Mr. DeVore. Sure. Because <laughs> you are, what I love about working with you and being your friend is, is the creative obsessive in you <laughs> makes me feel more normal about the creative obsessive in me. So it's always like that thing, you know, it's like, oh, they're just as obsessed as I am. But one of the things I love about you and marvel at about you is that when you put your mind to something, when you've decided you're going to do something, you, you really are interested in mastering mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So you, not, not from a perspective, not for yourself, like you're not competing with others. You're like, it's almost like you just want mm-hmm. to experience it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. So when I first came to your apartment in Ljubljana, which is where this studio is right now, your mm-hmm. home studio that we see you in, I walked around your house and there are all of these paintings, <laughs> like literally what, 80 paintings or something? Yeah, probably yeah. or even more. Yeah. So we can see some behind you right now. Anyone who's watching, um, we have a few of them behind you right now in the room. Yeah. There are about 80 plus paintings all over DeVore's house and they are reproductions of pe- the masters of art because you love art and you love museums. You basically spent, what, a year and a half doing a hundred and something paintings that you would recreate painstakingly mm-hmm. And then you slightly colored them differently. So they look like the originals, Mm -hmm. but they've got your own slant on them. And in all the time I've known you, I've seen that happen to you. Like you, you won't, you, you, you'll, you'll, you've never picked up a certain instrument and all of a sudden you start playing it. And then within two Mm -hmm. weeks, it's like, it's like you've always been playing it. What is it that you enjoy about that ride of like, creative obsession because i know what i get out of it but i'm curious what is that like for you when you get consumed with something um with the paintings i love art but not just that i love art i like i don't know what's the word but i really appreciate artists like painters like i don't know it's just something i just adore them i like I, whenever there's like a big exhibition, uh, like within my reach of, let's say I drive like five hours, which means Vienna, Budapest, Munich, uh, Verona, Milano, Florence. So it's, it's kind of quite a range, you know, like I can reach a lot of uh, these cities from Ljubljana because we're just like in the middle of, you know, you can go around. I always go there and I, I, just, I don't know, it's like magic to me. And I wanted to have these paintings. I wanted to have them. I will never buy them. Because, <laughs> you know, I would need to have, I don't know. A, oh, a um, lot of money. Yeah. If, you, yeah, if you had the originals, <laughs> so, you're talking billions. Yeah. So, so, and I don't like posters because they don't have life. Yeah. So I just decided to start painting and I was never good in painting or drawing or nothing. Like I'm a bad, you don't believe me, but I'm actually a bad, I, I, I cannot draw anything. I'm really bad. But when I sit with that, something comes into me and like, I pick a tube and squeeze a little that color and that's and this, and it's the color that I need. I don't know how it happens. I never studied it, but it's like a feeling. And I, and the texture and the, so it's all like oil on canvas, like it was, and I was enjoying it. And I, and I saw when I was measuring things, you know, I didn't just draw it. 
because if you just do it, it's nothing. Those painters actually had a grid behind everything. So like how these things are put together so that they look so impressive, it's because there is like also geometry behind it, everything. And I, when I learned how they, like how this thing connects with this and everything, I was like, wow. And this is why my paintings look real. Cause I didn't just like copy something, I actually measured with all the geometry. And then when I made it, like, it was like, wow, you know, and watching it, like I, my, how my apartment is almost like, you know, like a gallery. It is. It is I a don't gallery. have anything above that level because all the, like above, like one meter is for the painting. So there's like nothing up there. It's just paintings. So um, what I get out of it is joy, joy of learning the mastery behind these things and joy of being within this art and these paintings and, and all of this. And it's the same with music. I, when I get into it, I truly want to get the best out of it. I usually, how my process was since I was a kid, that was always the same. I don't know where it comes from, but first I get like a whole package that is more like a feeling rather than hearing specifically what will be there. For instance, Mozart heard, he heard the thing, so he wrote them. He would actually hear the piece. I don't hear the piece. I just get the feeling. Mm. And then whatever I start doing, let's say working with a keyboard or bass or percussion or everything, it's always something in me synchronizes with that feeling. And if it synchronizes, I know it's right that it's like that for now. I don't know what's going to be on top of that. or So I always, whatever I do, a part of me checks with that overall feeling. And when that feeling is completely synchronized or, you know, as much as I can do it and I can read, oh, this is it, then for me it's complete. So it's, I never saw myself as a composer more as a synchronizer of a feeling that I can produce it with my music so somebody else would also feel it. Mm. So it's more of that. And I use music for that. Of course, there's composition. Of course, there is, you know, I have all the music knowledge and I know what needs to be played. So it's, you know, correct and everything. But for me, the sound and the melodies and whatever instrument it is needs to bring me close to that feeling that I wanted to express. And this for me is like, and that's what I get out of it. Like, let's say synchronization. Yeah. And that's why I'm so happy with these things that we do that are not just like typical music because I could synchronize to much more um, cosmic sound than just like the earth music all of it but you know and that's what makes me happy to synchronize or to bring through music synchronicity from some far out space or i wouldn't say like this is how some you know i don't know star system plays it's not a, it, it may be like emotion or a feeling or a sense but it is more than just let's make somebody happy. It's like a whole experience. And maybe that is why people who hear our stuff and you tune very well into it also. Like when you sing, 
it's it's like you 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 really feel it also and then i can pick up the parts that you know so i think i think we we synchronize very well also you know so that that's why it's a joy i'm always happy when i'm waiting for your vocals or your spoken word because somehow it's always synchronized later on Mm -hmm. you know everything is synchronized and that means a lot to me maybe i don't know i'm speaking weird things but i don't know how else to express it and i no, hope no, it's, it's well expressed it, and it's interesting yeah, okay. it, it's funny because you said mozart heard the music that's how i hear it when i compose so mm-hmm. i hear it and then i have to record it whereas mm-hmm. it's interesting that for you it's the other way it kind of makes sense that we would be yeah. the opposite that for you it's a a different thing so let's talk a little bit about the awaken album but before we talk about the music as you were just talking about art so far at this point we have released two music videos one called inside love for all who uh, for the awaken album which was a beautiful video and i know you were there on on for the filming of the video and sasha um is the was the director and the star of that video and she did an amazing job and darko the cinematographer is incredible but what i'm interested to talk to you about your artist's mind all who walk the earth. So you and I had this discussion and you said, I think we should make a video for all who walk the earth. And I was like, really? Cause I'm not sure that song is really what people would think of as a, a single. And again, that's, you know, it doesn't matter cause we're not trying to do like traditional music company mm-hmm. stuff. So I was like, well, sure. Okay. It's very long. And you went, I've got this idea and if it works, it will be really good, but I'm not sure. So <laughs> off you go. And you go off with Darko, the cinematographer, and um, Darko's assistant, and Lucas Lucas and Matea, two dancers from the Slovenian National Ballet. Mm -hmm. And uh, you send me these short videos the day you're there filming, and I'm doing other work that day, and I I keep getting these little videos on WhatsApp. (laughs) And I'm looking at these clips going, whoa, that feels... And you're saying... Lee, it's amazing. There's this incredible feeling today. It's like we're being guided. And I'm like, wow, okay. And I didn't see the final edit for about three weeks. But when I saw it, it blew my mind. And it's interesting because as we were talking about you and art, and you have this incredible eye, it's like the part of you that was guiding all who walk the earth, because I know it was a collaboration and that everybody was putting in their thing. That to me is the part of you and Darko has just incredible mm-hmm. vision with his cinematography. It, it was a bit like watching a classic painting come to life because it's so timeless and where you shot it and the costumes that you guys chose for them to wear. And it's a bit like watching a master painting mm-hmm. come to life when you watch that video. I never thought of that, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, good point. It was lovely. I mean, I didn't know what's going to be. I had this idea, but when I got there and when I saw Lucas and Matea starting to perform, I knew we got it. Like, I knew we got it because I trust Darko. I know he will film it well. I may just, like, ask him a specific thing for for something, but, it like, usually he would get it anyway. But just so I'm sure we have it for maybe for the transmission into the next part or something. But when they started to do their thing, I knew we got it. And we had such a good time. Like, we were so happy we're doing it. 
and like it, it like we went to, to these mountains like early four o'clock in the morning to catch the sunrise and and so it was just beautiful like i knew and if if they weren't in the, the video the video wouldn't be very special because and it was the same with inside love like sasha made that video so maybe what i have is a good pick for the person yeah i know who can represent it because i feel this energy with people and i basically know them all from all my tv years and everything i've worked with all of them so i know everybody in slovenia basically that is in art either music or tv or dance or whatever or theater so it's kind of easy for me to feel who to feel into the person who could be the one that could represent the song and then just the magic needs to happen and i trust darko and i trust myself that i will see within the actor or the dancer if we're getting what we want or not and this is where i can lead not some technical will give me that shot and then that shot and then that shot but like i oversee the whole thing and it works that that's i think that's my kind of gift um and yeah this is how i pick people and this is how i pick also musicians for our albums or singers that so this is it's more again with the feeling and with yeah. the luck that i am basically um very much a part of this scene in slovenia and i can i can i can bring the talent that is synchronized with what we need and slovenia has lots of talent and i, I was think just gonna it's say i mean yeah. the, the the talent one of one of my most delightful things about the awaken album has been when you'll have a guest musician in or a guest singer mm -hmm. and you'll go oh it was great and then you send it to me and i'm like wow <laughs> i mean i i love that i love that there is such a community Mm -hmm. uh, inside the music and that, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you know those people, you have access to those people, mm -hmm. but it's also really wonderful when you see someone talented doing something really well mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. getting to show it off and have it be celebrated. Yeah. So, yeah. so how many musicians have we got on the Awaken album? I don't think we've even counted, but it's quite, it's, it's a good, there must be a lot. 20, we have 20 we people have... involved, if not more. I don't know, we have like, we have a cello, violin, flute, oboe, trumpet, bass, guitars, drums. Okay, me playing all the keyboards. Um, and then we have Steven and Ava also doing the backing oh, vocals. Yes. And then we have three uh, kind of featured singers, uh, Sergei, Christina and Anna on different songs they do their own little they part and I, I think it's good so yeah it's it's over 10 people 10 musicians well, maybe i forgot the spoken word on all who walk the earth we have oh yeah oh yeah people so it's it's, yeah. it's a big number but tell us um tell us how do you feel about the awaken album which you and i are right now just a few days away from the final mastering how would you describe the Awaken album to someone who perhaps hasn't yet heard it? It's worth listening, but not just listening, it's worth giving yourself to it or opening yourself to it because it has richness. It has very musical, deep richness with all this. It has like classical instruments. It has jazz instruments. It has uh, synthesizers, it has rock instruments, 
it doesn't have a particular style. It has our own style. It has our own sound. I think we've created a sound that is unique as a sound mm. when you listen to it. I think it's just a journey. And I think Wendy came up with this great title for our music, which I think it's so, so true that our music is transformational music. And I think this album is... It's, it's transformational music. It's not new age. It's not pop. It's not rock. It has the elements of, of whatever we need it. But I think if you let go your, yourself into it, it brings a kind of transformation. And it's also tuned, again. <laughs> it's tuned, A note A is tuned to... 444 hertz frequency, which gives a C note frequency of 528, which is the cosmic frequency, the frequency of DNA, and the frequency of transformation and change. Um, and I built all the tuning around this. So this is what this music will bring also um, frequency and sonic-wise. Um, but I think... Like, honestly, I think we've come so far, you as a singer, me as a, I don't know, sound creator or, you know, yeah. whatever is underneath. Um, I think it's really beautiful and it's really versatile, yet it has its own, um, its own vibe. I'm really proud of it. It's like, it's galaxies away from what we did in 2014 for me. Yeah. No, me too. I and uh, you know it's what? It's just it's open. It's it's breathing. It's like it's I don't know. It's beautiful. I I love it. I'm so proud of this. I'm so happy we did it, even though we never planned to. But then when we stopped planning, it happened. <laughs> well, that's the something I want to share with you. Was a couple of things that you're saying that I think are important for any of us to remember as creators. If you just keep doing something, and you care about doing it, and you care about doing it well. Yeah, the more you do it, just the better you're going to get. But you should never not do something because you don't think you're going to do it at the standard you'd like to mm -hmm. do it in three years, four years, or 10 years, because you'll never get there without, it's a cliche word, but practice and kind of putting the hours in and experimenting and learning. But I also think it is funny that I remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about, wouldn't it be great if we could do a music album? Because we were making these songs for the channels that go out pretty much nine months of the year in the portal. Um, I would say the portal is my members community. Um, we would put a song to accompany the, the music at the end of these channels. So I remember you saying to me, oh, how are we going to find the time to do an album? And I was like, yeah, well, let's just not worry about that. Let's just put some singles out. Let's, why don't we mm -hmm. put this single out? Let's put Inside Love out. It's, let's finish it. Let's... Mm -hmm. So that was, what, March? And now here we are recording this at the beginning of October. And we have an album six months later. And there's something about that just following your nose, but also when it feels stressful, stop and re-divert because mm. it started to feel stressful to you when you were mm. like, how are we going to make an album happen? And then because we let go and we just organically started making more music and putting it in the portal. So what I love about this album is it's not just you and I going off and coming up with songs mm. that we feel. These songs have been directly in response to 
the thousands of people that we've been mm. working with over these last couple of years, whether they were live in workshop rooms and a couple of the songs were created mm. live in workshop rooms um, or four workshop rooms. And then we performed them live within a few hours of them being written on one of our breaks. Mm. And equally for the recordings that had come through the channeled messages. So it's really what I like about the Awaken album is unlike what we did with Arise, it feels like a community album in yes. so many ways. Like I feel like this is a a very directly responsive album to what we mm -hmm. were feeling, hearing, seeing, sensing from from the people that we we, we work with and engage with every mm -hmm. every month. And it's again the the funny thing. You said in March we were, yeah, let's just do a song. Let's put a song out. And now it's November, I mean, it's November and there's an album out. And I was like, how are going to we make it? How are we going to make it? Not just that. We did another one in between <laughs> transmissions. So, you know, once it starts rolling, you know, you never know what comes in. And... That was also beautiful. Well, let's like, give some context of that, Devor, because yeah. I've, I'm clear. I'm, you know, I'm aware we know what we're talking about. Okay. For, <laughs> we, I asked Devor in June or July. No, probably in June. I said to Devor, I said, I want to do a very channeled course, and it's going to be unlike anything we've really done online before, and it's going to be called Transmissions 2020. And I really want to give the Z's, my guides, the microphone, mm -hmm. and let them teach and talk quite intensively. Um, because it felt like with everything going on on the planet this year, um, it almost felt like we need the next blueprints, the next information. And also we couldn't go and do our soul magic retreat in Costa Rica. So we said, let's do this very affordable um, two week retreat. All of us as a team will hold it live, but we'll do, we'll do some music too. So I think my original brief to you was, hey, could we get like some instrumental tracks? I think I just said to you, do us mm -hmm. four instrumental tracks. And maybe they could be 10 minutes long each or seven minutes long. And that, that was how it started. Simple. And you were like, yeah, that sounds good. And then you got all consumed with the music. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden, what was supposed to be like a 60-hour project became a 400-hour project. And <laughs> I added voice to it, spoken word, vocals. Mm -hmm. So by the time we got there, the album was like a full-on 50-minute mm. sound healing album that, mm. again, kind of birthed in the middle of all of the corona stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we, we've decided we're actually going to release that next spring publicly. Mm. But at the moment, it just it's mm. in there. for the, It was created for the students of Transmissions and to be a part of their mm. process. So people are enjoying that right now. Um, so but yeah, that's we'll put the it out next spring. Yeah. So see, that's the problem with my synchronicity. You say, let's do something. And I say, yes, no problem. And then it comes in and then I have to synchronize with it. Yeah. And if it says it needs to be, you know, yeah. all of it, what it was that it needs to be. But I'm glad we, because we, then I can't stop. I just can't stop, you know. It, it keeps coming yeah. and I just need to, I just need to finish it. Um, that way and I'm so happy that we now have the resources that we can do it that we can yeah. support that um, and that is my big joy here that we have the resources yeah that me as a let's say composer or music creator or whatever um, am basically limitless yeah I'm not saying I need a million, you know what I mean? Like I'm limitless within, within 
what I what I feel or hear right now. You know, I can bring it. No, and just to clarify, I think also, you know, the, the, one of the reasons that I remember I wanted a record deal in my 20s was because, A, I wasn't, you know, I was making my living doing things I didn't necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. And also making an album is very expensive. Like unbeknownst mm-hmm. to people, I think, who, who haven't ever made an album, it's not just expensive because you want to pay musicians. Um, it's expensive because it takes many, many hours, expensive equipment. If like you, you have a, a mm. studio at home to do it well. Mm. And then if you want to get it mastered properly. And I think one of the things we've seen in the world in the last decade is um, the music industry is a very tricky animal now because, you know, for example, with streaming, which is what many people do, um, you don't necessarily have the revenue to support it. So I too am very grateful that the healing work has very directly is is what funds the music and the music videos that most people are going to experience for free. Um, mm. You know, not 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 everybody is going to choose to download or buy a CD or a vinyl to support the the creation. So, no, it, it is wonderful that 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 we've reached that point too that mm. we can actually invest in these creations yeah. now. So yeah. it's great, and that now there is enough money coming in that you know that if i'm inspired with a new synthesizer in the music store i can buy it and use it yeah. so these are things that are important for me rather than when i was young i wanted to be successful so i will be a millionaire i yeah. probably wouldn't want to i probably wouldn't know what to do with it now if it happens it happens but it'll probably my life won't change drastically it will yeah. just you know um I'll keep investing into our sound, maybe, you know, some other stuff. But that's that's what I meant when I said before, if you follow the idea what your success have to be, unless you are not worth anything, it's very different when things happen naturally and synchronize with you. Um, that's a different story. And I'm so happy I'm living this one rather than a forced one because... I thought I need to pursue an idea because it'll make me happy. And a lot of people who manage to this, not everybody, but a lot of people that I know who succeeded in their idea are not very happy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And and also, like, what part of you will you sell off in order mm-hmm. to, to, to make something work? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very grateful that the autonomy is is what we have but i would have sold my autonomy in my early 20s when i was like yes you know when i was wanting something to happen so i'm grateful that i wasn't able to sell Mm. myself off in a way even though i would have done it in in trade because like you i have so many friends whether it's a music company or some other company that they 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 work for that they feel uh entangled with or or Mm. beholden to or in some kind of chain so so Devor, we're we're about to finish, but I think we we should just as a final question, I'm going to ask you: Do you think you have a synthesizer problem? And just to give context to this question, I never see Devor more excited than when he leaves me another video message of some 1974 synth that he just found in some shop that's half falling apart that he's going to take to his guy who repairs them for him. And then I never see, I, well, that, that's happiness number one. And then happiness number two is when I get a short video of you like using it to put into a track that the audience mm. may or may not hear, but it's there. 
And yeah, uh, do. do you think you have a synthesizer problem? Devorbo Zeke, that is the question. No, I have a synthesizer love and passion. <laughs> I think synthesizers are I'm not I'm not speaking about keyboards who have, you know, who have presets with like piano, flute, strings. I'm not talking about keyboards. I'm talking about synthesizers where you actually create sound. I'm crazy about it because there's nothing like it. Like the things you can create out of this are for me just, you know, I, I don't know. I love that sound. I don't like it just on its own, but like the combination of a classical instruments and synths and this and that. I mean, to me, synths take us to the universe, classical instruments connect us to the earth. And that combination for me is, is amazing. Yeah. And, um, uh, I have a buying synths problem, <laughs> but I don't have a synthesizer problem. I yeah, love it. I'm totally teasing you. I, I love it. I love it. And I, I think that's one of the things that I love about what you're doing is you have a reverence of the old and the classical. Mm. And so one of the things I love about your, we'll call it your obsession with sound, but it's a healthy obsession. It's, mm. You're so focused on creating sound to a certain level mm. that I love how you have figured out how to use the best of digital mm. and the best of analog and mm. bring them together so that it's much warmer than if you just hear mm. electronic music. And, yeah. and also it's, it's a little crisper and has a few more layers to it than if you just mm. hear analog. Yeah, the harmonics open. Otherwise, the sound is it's very one-dimensional. But uh, if, uh, if you use this old analog uh, equipment, either EQs, compressors, preamps, synthesizers, anything like that, um, that is built with electronics, not so much, you know, just chips and programs uh, or software, the harmonics open and the sound becomes richer. It gets all these overtones that you don't necessarily hear but you can feel them, so it breathes more. It's just, uh, I don't know. This is important for me somehow. I, um, I love this. I love when music gives space rather than... Um, and, I mean, I can do it now that I have this equipment, you know. I couldn't do it before. I was struggling because I wanted to achieve it, but now I can, so... But I've learned a lot on the, on the, on the, on the path, so... Yes, yeah, sound as sound is very important to me. That's why I'm also happy that that you um, that you brought in the the mastering from from Greg. Yeah, because uh, totally it, it gives the last you know the last uh, yeah. shine or, or yeah we 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 get the music mastered now with Sterling Sound. So Greg Calby has been mastering all of the Awaken album. Randy Merrill, uh, a master transmissions, and they're, they're both amazing mastering engineers. So, well, Devor, there is so much to take from everything that you've said today, but I think the big thing that I kind of take away, and I'm reminded of this a lot when I speak to creators and builders of things in the world, it's, 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 it's a real journey and we need to be patient. And there are times when we feel frustrated about things, but you never have to let go of your your kind of big vision. You just mm -hmm. might be working on learning a certain aspect of it today mm -hmm. that a few years from now, you'll see it come into culmination. So 
The show is called Impact the World. And I want to say to you, because I love and adore you, thank you so much. You have impacted my world beyond measure in, in the eight years that we've got to work together and be Same friends. Here. <laughs> and, um, and I know even if people who've listened to our work don't always understand why certain music or frequencies are moving them, I hope that anyone who's tuned into the show today mm-hmm. has a bit more of an understanding of the mastery that you're putting into it. Mm. Thank yeah. you, Lee. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the same for you have impacted my world. And I think we're really, we're flying together. That's, that's, that's the word, you know, it's yeah. really beautiful. So yeah. thank you. Here's to the next decade. So for <laughs> anybody who, um, who wants to check out Devore's work, um, in 2021, we're planning on Devore having his, his own website for his work. But in the meantime, you can find Devore and myself on Spotify and streaming platforms. Um, or if you go to my music website, leeharrismusic.com, that's where you can access all of our music. And every month, Devor and I create a new audio for my members community, The Portal. Or if you're not part of the members community, if you go to the store at leeharrisenergy.com, you'll see so many titles that Devor has soundtracked, including a few of his own instrumental albums, which are beautiful. So we'll put all the links underneath the show notes. But Devor, thanks for being with us today and big love, brother. Thank you. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed the show and I'm delighted to tell you that the Awaken album is out now and we're going to play you a two minute preview so that you can hear a little sample of each of the songs. But if you would like to hear the whole album, to order a CD, a vinyl, a download, or some of our special Awaken items, you can go to www.awakenalbum.com. Here is the trailer. Enjoy. Remember, we were born to live.